Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Nate Endries, hosting alongside Jake Beamer. Jake, welcome back for episode 19. Yeah, playoffs are right around the corner. Playoffs are right around the corner. It's it's currently week 18, and I think we just have one more regular season week after this one, right? Yeah, it's the uh, cross-division game, so it'll be the last, and that's the last week of the regular season. Yeah, so I think we have a lot of really good matchups already happening this week. We're recording a little bit late this week. We're uh, recording on Tuesday the 10th. But some good matchups are already underway this week. We're obviously going to get a lot of good matchups next week with the cross division, you know, being matched up with the same seed in the other division. So it's, it's going to be pretty much all excitement through the end of the fantasy season from this point onward. Let's, let's jump right into our prior week recap, looking back at week 17. I'll lead us off, Jake, with my biggest upset. It was Big Money Mike versus... Team C Deemer. I know on paper or by the standings that this wasn't a quote unquote true upset since Courtney's the current first place team for the West Division, while Mike sits in third place. But I did have Mike as the favorite to win this matchup. And Jordy the General's sportsbook matchup preview actually agreed with me. And while Mike was down heading into the weekend, he surged back with a big 98 point performance on Saturday in which he had Charlie Morton, Brandon Woodruff, Julio Urias, and Luis Garcia pitching. And things were looking pretty good for Mike heading into Sunday. That was until Zach Wheeler took the mound for the Phillies on the day that they just so happened to be honoring Roy Halladay and retiring his number. And it also just so happened to come against Zach Wheeler's former team, who didn't think he was worthy of a large contract extension. All that to say... It was pretty much a storybook ending to the matchup for Courtney as Wheeler went on to pitch a complete game shutout with 11 strikeouts on his way to a 50-point performance uh, in that game alone. Wheeler was Courtney's highest-scoring player by a ton, outscoring her next highest-scoring player on the team, Trevor Story, by nearly 30 points during the matchup. Um, Mike made things pretty interesting here for the West Division by refusing to pull out the win in this matchup. I, I will get back to that later in the episode. What was your biggest upset, Jake? I had the same thing. I know that I picked Courtney in this matchup, but it wasn't. I mean, I, this was pretty much a pick em. Uh One thing I thought it was interesting was her scoring was like all extremes. There were, she, she either had guys go off or really not score well at all. Uh, Zach Wheeler had 65 points. Then, on the, then at the same time, she had Gallegos, who has negative 21 then you got Gilbert and DeScalfani with two apiece. And on your offense, I uh, said Story is 36, while Trey Mancini has 0.4. And it's it just seems like there were a lot of guys that uh, her whole team was like hit or miss. There wasn't anybody who really just had an okay performance. I just thought that was something interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And Jake, I feel like I know you well enough to know the answer that you'll give me to this question. But do you think that that would indicate reason for optimism or pessimism heading into the playoffs for Courtney's team? Uh, I'm actually going to say optimism because it seems like the guys who didn't score well normally do. Like you're not going to count. You're not going to assume that Gallegos is going to drop negative 21 every week and if he does if he just doesn't pitch at all uh, i think she would have had the 
third highest score of the week. And that's also with DeSclafani only making one start and having to go on the injured list and Gilbert not playing well. And I, I think that's more reason for optimism than anything else. Sure. Uh, biggest takeaway. What did you have coming away from week 17, Jake? Uh, so my biggest takeaway is Sam will not be an easy out. I know that we were, we didn't really know how his team would be coming out of a, a week where he sold pretty much everybody. Uh, but he, kind of silenced the doubts with a league leading 284.5 points. And uh, that's pretty interesting considering that he sold like all of his better pieces. And uh, I know that it's his team's kind of been weird all year where he's been, it seems like after he sold his team got better. And I know that we were looking at him early as a, we liked his roster a lot, but he kept losing, but yeah, we, Weird, weird team from Sam, and uh, I think whoever faces him in the first round, he's not going to be an easy out. Jake, you know we've we've shared the same thoughts all season with these pick with these segments where we make our own picks, and the streak continues because my biggest takeaway is that Sam is a legitimate playoff threat. Originally, I thought Sam's team would come out of the deadline noticeably weaker, but he actually led the league in scoring this past week, as you mentioned. As a matter of fact, he has actually cleared the 250-point threshold that you talked about in last week's episode in three of our last four regular-length matchups. And so while I was originally thinking that it would be clearly advantageous to get a wildcard team in the first round of the playoffs as one of the first-place teams... I would not necessarily be overexcited to get Sam's team in round one. I think there is definitely some round one upset potential with this roster. That is our uh, biggest takeaway in unison this week. Wildcard race updates. So Sam is now in the driver's seat of the wildcard race. He is in seventh place with a 15 and 19 record. That is weak pullout hitter. Jerwin is behind him. Uh, with a 13 and 21 record, team positivity. And then Brendan and Eddie are trailing them. Brendan in ninth place, the Soto List Shuffle, with a 12 and 22 record. And then Eddie basically needing a miracle to get into the playoffs at this point. Team gone forever. He is now 10 and 24. So interesting that, you know, this wild card race update has been virtually the same each of the past three weeks, but there really hasn't been. Um, I guess decidedly a big difference between the two guys in a wild card spot and the two guys out of a wild card spot kind of until now. And I know that Brendan is only one game back of Jerwin for that second wild card spot, but Brendan pretty much fully gave up on making playoffs this year at the deadline. And his team has been trending down even way before that. It's been probably a month and a half or two months now that Brendan's team has just kind of spiraled down, but let's get into the main segment this week, Jake told you before we started recording i'm pretty excited about this thought of it on the spot when i was prepping this week's episode decided to call it jake and nate's crystal ball jake and i are going to make early predictions on exactly how the playoff bracket will look and how it will play out and we're going to do that by detailing what we predict to happen over these next two weeks during the end of the regular season to set that bracket up um Full disclosure, we're, like I said, recording here on Tuesday night. I prepped as well as Jake prepped before the week started. 
So this may make me sound foolish now that Luis Castillo has decided to have arguably his worst start of the year, which is impressive because he was almost unrosterable at the beginning of the year. Nonetheless, I'm a man of conviction, so I kept my prep. Uh, after we tell you what we think that the, the playoff bracket is going to look like, we're going to then make, you know, quote unquote, way too early predictions on how each of our predicted playoff brackets will play out. That part, we're not going to really provide a lot of analysis since it's obviously way too early to know who will have pitching volume advantages in each matchup. So for that exercise, we're just going to kind of assume current rosters in equal volume. Jake, do you want to lead us off with your seating, and then I'll jump in and give you my seating, predicted seating anyway? Yeah, so I'll just, I, I guess I could do it by division since there's not really a one through eight seed. It's just the top three from each and two wild cards. I mean, I guess the one, the top overall seed matters. Sure. All right, so for the uh, the West division, uh, I have my number, I have, the, I have Nate winning the division, Courtney with the two seed, Mike with the three seed. On the other side, I have me. I think I actually might have. Yeah, I already clinched the division on that side, so I'd I'd have to be the one seed. Uh, I have Nick as in, as two, JC as three. Uh, then I have uh, Sam. I didn't really. I didn't actually change anything. I for wild cards. I think that Sam will be wild card one. Jerwin will be wild card two. So. For the overall standings, I do think that I will end up getting the top overall seed. And a lot, I know that my team's kind of hurting right now and probably will be limping to the finish, but I do have a two game lead. I have two games in hand, or I, well, I have a two game lead on Courtney for the next highest seed. So uh, I think I'll end up getting the top overall seed. So that would be my matchups would be me versus Jerwin. Nick versus JC, Nate versus Sam, and Courtney versus Mike. Gotcha, gotcha. That's interesting, Jake. And that is probably one of the more likely scenarios than not out of any combination of seeding for our eight playoff teams. I had everything the exact same, except I actually have me taking the one seed over you, Jake. And I guess I will... Uh, first, I'll share what that would mean my matchups are, but then I'm going to tell you how I think we get there. So that would mean my quarterfinals matchups would be me versus Jerwin, so the number one seed overall versus the second wild card team in Jerwin at eight. Our West Division two and three seed Courtney versus Mike. Our East Division two and three seed Nick versus JC, and then in the other side of the bracket, you as the number two overall seed taking Sam on as the top wild card team. I'll lead us off. With how we get there. So for the one and two seed, I predict that, or I predicted coming into the week that Courtney would fall to me this week and you would fall to Nick this same week. And then next week we would then get each other in the interdivision week because I would pass Courtney for the one seed and then I knock you off next week. So even though you have a pretty comfortable lead right now, I have myself, I predicted myself to go four and oh. Um, with you going some combination of either one and three or four and or zero oh and four over the next two weeks, just by way of tough matchups, so that would bump Courtney to second place in the West, while second and third place in the East will pretty much hold steady at this point. For third place in the West division, I think that Mike will still hold off Sam this week to clinch, 
for the wild card, despite Sam falling to Mike this coming week, I believe that he will knock off Jerwin head-to-head next week in interdivision week to kind of hold on to that first wild card spot. And I believe that covers everything as to how I predict the dominoes to fall for our playoff teams. Toss it back to you. Sorry, I, you cut out there for a second. I I just went through how I pretty much think that the playoff bracket seeding is going to play out over these next two weeks. So it's now your turn. All right. So I have, yeah, first of all, I have a hard time believing that I'll go one and three, even with my, because I, for for me to, for you to catch me for the number one seed, I think that I would, I would have to go at worst or at best one and three. And if that's the case, you would also, I think, have to pick up 200 points. Does that sound right? Yeah, about 200 points, which is possible. Uh, I do have very tough matchups right now, but I do think that I that I can beat either Nick or the media. And I don't I don't know that I would beat either you or Courtney right now, but uh, even if I finish on the, the right side of the median twice, that'll get me there. Uh, basically, I, I think that Sam is going to kind of hold steady. I think that last week kind of uh, – answered a lot of questions about his team. Um, while with on Jerowin's side, Sam does have a two-game advantage, and I just, I don't know. The, the positive vibes might be starting to fade a little bit for Jerowin, so I don't know that he can necessarily overtake Sam here. Uh, on the, I, I really, I guess, I mostly expect everything to sort of hold, hold steady here. I don't really expect many, many shakeups. I mean, I, I, a lot of what I've been saying is what the standings currently are. So I think that should kind of tell you where, I, where I'm at. Yeah, and that's totally fair. But Jake, I think you might have forgotten that if you go, let's say, one and three, and I go four, four and oh, right? That's the scenario you had where I would have to make up 200 points or so. Mm-hmm. I think you're forgetting that one of your wins is actually a tie. So I would actually have the record, the head-to-head, or not head-to-head, but the the total win-loss record tiebreaker over you at that point. Because you're currently I was forgetting that that is big. currently twenty twenty-eight five and one, even though it says that you're twenty-nine and five. So that I is I was forgetting that. Yeah, that does it, change. It could, things. I'm just I was going to say it could play a factor depending on how the the next two weeks play out here. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with my original prediction. But yeah, that does change things a lot. That that win being a tie is, is a big deal. Yeah, I think it also uh I guess I would have to gain three. So like I could go three and one and you could go oh and four, or I could go four and oh and you could go one and three. Those are the two scenarios where I clinch number one overall seed where you drop back to two. That's that's pretty much all there is to it. So we had roughly the same matchups in the quarterfinals, except you have me playing Sam in the first round. I have you playing Sam. So we just kind of flipped there. Give me your predicted outcomes of your first round. Who will move on to the semifinals? All right. So I think that we're going to have me and Nick in the semifinals and you and Courtney in the semifinals. And I, as for my matchup, I say that because... Uh, I'm assuming I'll have Flaherty and Cole. Don't think I'll have DeGrom until at least the second round. But 
I will have, I should have both those guys back and that'll help a lot. Uh, for Nick's team, uh, I know we said we were keeping volume out of it, but I thought it would be okay to say that he's probably going to have more volume than his opponent just because he has more sparps. And I think he, he would be able to mix and match two start guys a little better just because of that volume. And then on the other side, uh, I do actually like Courtney's pitching depth a little more than Mike's at this point. So it's sort of the same deal where I think she'll be able to mix and match. Uh, and also Mike is kind of hurt right now. We don't know how Tatis will be if he comes, if he comes back in time. Uh, Soto, they might be slow playing him. So I, I think that Mike might be kind of limping into the playoffs the same way that I am. I just think that I might get my important players back a little sooner than his. Uh, I guess on the other side, I did I forgot to mention, I have, you moving on over Sam. I think that your, your team at its, at its peak is probably talent wise, the best one we have. Yeah, definitely a fair way to see the matchups unfolding. I have uh, both of us advancing from our matchups with, you know, assuming that you and I take one seeds here, obviously it's what we're talking about right now, our predicted playoff bracket. I both of the one seeds moving on. So you and me, uh, and I actually have the opposite, in both of the other matchups, I have Big Money Mike taking down Courtney in the first round and JC taking down Nick in the first round. Uh, I don't really have much to add regarding Mike and Courtney's matchup. I think that was that's a, that's going to be a really close one if that ends up being our first round matchup for the West Division two and three seeds. Be really hard to pick that one, but I do like uh, Mike's kind of top heavy team, so to speak. But for for JC and Nick, I, I didn't really you know write anything down or, or do any analysis. But I have noticed over the past I want to say like five weeks. I want to say in at least three or four of those, JC has been among like the top two or three scorers in the league. So his team is kind of finding its groove right now, putting up pretty consistent high scoring numbers every week. So I do like I like Nick's team and I like JC's. Team. It, it again with the two and three seeds on both divi- in both divisions if if the matchups play out this way where it's Courtney versus Mike and Nick versus JC those I think those are going to be some razor thin matchups to pick between but I just happen to fall on the other side of those so then that would leave uh in your side of the bracket number one contender versus team C Deemer and Jake's fantasy baseball team versus Pine Run Market my side of the bracket, or my bracket, it would leave number one contender versus Big Money Mike and Jake's fantasy baseball team versus JC, hashtag $50 by 2022. So I am, I said I was a man of conviction. I'm sticking to my guns from our very first podcasts of the season where I loved, I guess both of us loved Mike and JC's teams coming out of the draft. I think I'm Correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but one of my bold predictions is that one of those two guys would make the championship. Yeah, I think that sounds right. So we'll see if I really stuck to my word with the results of of this next round, but I'll let you lead off. What are the outcomes of the semifinals in your predicted playoff bracket? All right, so I think that my matchup with Nick would entirely depend on Jacob DeGrom. And since we don't really know whether he's going to come back. I'm just going to assume that at most I would have him for half of this matchup. Uh, so I'll have Nick pulling off the upset here. 
Uh, if I'd feel a lot better if I knew that DeGrom was healthy, but there's a good chance that he might be just building up for that first week and I only might get him for one week. And that's a pretty big deal. I think that Nick has better depth than starting pitching than I do. And uh, I think other areas of our team are pretty evenly matched. If I had all my all my stars there, uh, I, I would feel a lot better about my chances, but I don't think I can count on DeGrom being healthy for the entirety of that matchup just for this exercise. So I'll say that uh, Nick's going to advance there. And then I have you advancing on the other side, because like I said before, I think that talent wise, your team is the, is the top is at the top of the league right now. Yeah. You kind of speaking to your own team was kind of a theme as to why I made the picks the way that I did for my bracket, which is that in my side in the West division, I have, my team advancing over Mike's and it's kind of for a similar reason as you were discussing with DeGrom Clayton Kershaw is a question mark for Mike's team right now I mean the news just came out what maybe a little less than a week ago that Kershaw is targeting a return in September it's kind of the same exact situation with DeGrom albeit Kershaw didn't have six different injuries to his throwing side this year but similar timeline and that they're targeting a September return and that's when they're saying that a month out, it's just kind of like there's a lot left to the unknown. And for that reason, just because you can't 100% count on getting one of your best pitchers back for the playoffs, I think that my team is good enough to where if there's any uncertainty on the other side of the matchup, I kind of gave myself the nod there. And I, you know, I have you and JC playing in my semifinals, and I actually picked against you, Jake for the same reason that you said, I just don't know if DeGrom is going to be back. And I think that your team could still definitely put up a fight against JC's team without DeGrom. But as I mentioned in talking about my last round, JC's team has found a groove lately. He's been a consistently high scorer. So I think that any team that's going to knock him off is going to have to have one of the best weeks of the playoff round, or I guess since we're doing two-week matchups, one of the best scoring periods of the playoff round because his team is definitely finding its stroke lately. So I do have me and JC advancing to the finals, which would then leave you versus Big Money Mike for the third place matchup. So I will, I guess, lead us off for the championship week, the third place matchup week. I have you and Big Money Mike playing for the third place matchup. And this one, I don't know. I I think that I might have been a little bit biased here because I was remembering as I wrote this prep that I predicted JC or Big Money Mike would make their first championship appearance. I actually went with Big Money Mike for third place. I didn't really have a rhyme or a reason to it. I kind of see both of your rosters in a similar vein. Um, A lot of very high impact players, but both of what you guys would consider aces of your staff are in flux right now. So Kind of went with a flip of a coin. Maybe it was a little bit biased, but I picked Mike to be my third place team in the third place matchup between you and him, Jake. Uh, what did you have? I guess it would be between you and Courtney, right? For third place in your bracket? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I think that I'll have my guys back at this point. So I'll, I don't know. It's, I, guess, I guess I'll pick my team here. I, I didn't really, I, th- I think that our teams are pretty evenly matched and, I don't know. I'll, I'll pick mine because I assume that this is plenty of time for, for DeGrom to get his butt back into gear. Yeah, I would think 
I would honestly, I would think at this point that assuming both you and Mike are still alive in the playoffs, which I expect both of you to be, even if my, even if my predictions are wrong here, I would expect in the championship round that I was wrong because one of, or both of you made the championship round or made the championship matchup itself and not because you were eliminated earlier on, but I would expect both Kershaw and DeGrom to be healthy by this point. At least you hope, right? You don't want to see those guys get shut down for the season. Um, yeah, my my whole playoff, my my whole playoffs is going to be interesting because I don't I don't know when Degrom's coming back. I'm not going to have him back beforehand, and there's not really any word on when he's coming back. So, I and you know, want, I don't know what's going to happen. You wonder too. I can't say whether either of them will be treated this way or not. But you wonder too if like the Mets or the Dodgers would treat these guys with kitty gloves, right? Because I think the Mets are starting to fall out of the playoff race, or at least they they were in first place before, and, and now their playoff spot is in question because the Phillies and the Braves are doing really well. So who knows what the team context is going to be for the Mets with DeGrom and how they might treat him. Maybe they only let him go five innings at most when he first comes back. Same thing with the Dodgers. I mean, they're they're well known for preserving their guys for the playoffs, doing phantom IL stints. I don't think that's the case with Kershaw right now because you definitely don't want to shut a guy down for two months in the middle of the season just to get him rest. But when he first comes back from injury, you know, maybe they don't try to push his arm. Maybe he only goes five innings himself so that they try to save him for the real-life playoffs. I, there's so much unknown, right? But I'm going to let you kick us off for your championship round, who you predict to come out on top this year. I think that you're going to capture your first uh, championship here. And I think that, I, I mean, it all goes back to what I said before. I think your team is the most talented team. So I don't know why I would, I don't know why I would bet on it or bet against it. Uh, Nick's team, I think it is very well built for the playoffs because he has so he has good pitching depth and that helps a lot because you can mix and match and generally get a lot of, a lot of volume advantages, but yeah, I think pound for pound, your team is definitely the the best and it would be, it would be tough to bet against it. Yeah, Jake, I've, I, I almost feel like that's the kiss of death though, right? Because that's, that's my aim each year is to try to make as bulletproof of a team as I can, you know, beyond the trade deadline so that I can go into playoffs feeling the most confident about my roster and its ability to perform relative to all the other playoff teams. But I feel like, you know, despite having done that in multiple formats, multiple leagues, especially over these past few years, it just has not worked out for me. Um, hopefully it changes this year. And I actually, despite having a different opponent in my side of the playoff bracket in JC, I have the same result. I have my team winning, praying and hoping that it actually happens. Uh, I think that the end, of the, the end of the road is here for JC's team. He's been a consistent high scorer, but... I think my team was seven points off of the highest scoring team in last week's matchups, and that would have been like four out of the last five. So, you know, his team's rolling lately, but my team has probably been on the biggest roll in the league, and it's it's the right time to be hot, right? So I'm hoping that that continues. But that is our way too early predictions for how the playoff bracket will be seeded, how we get there over these last two weeks of the regular season as well as how we expect that playoff bracket to play out. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully it wasn't too much about our own teams. Just so happens that you know Jake and I are right in the mix. But 
couple other managers, JC, Mike, Courtney, Nick. We expect those guys to be very competitive as well and, and potentially in the title mix this year. Jake, why don't we hop over to standout player of the week? Go ahead. It's, it's a guy that we've already talked about, and that is Zach Wheeler, who we went 2-0 and with a 16.1 innings pitch, 10 hits, two, two walks, four earned runs, 16 strikeouts, uh, including a complete game, two-hit shutout on Sunday. Uh, I'm really excited for that Zach Wheeler looks like he's kind of finally reached his potential. I know I drafted him like two or three, two, I think it was two years ago. And uh, I was really excited about him because I thought that this was the guy that he could potentially be. Uh, that was because he sort of uh, showed that in the back half of, I think it was 2018. And so I was really excited about him. It did not come in, did not come to fruition, but it looks like he's finally arrived. And uh, yeah, he looks like he's going to be one of the top tier aces moving forward because he's going to give you volume and it's going to be quality volume. And that's kind of what you want out of those top guys. So Zach Wheeler, he's here. Uh, top guy going forward. Yeah, and he, I've, I've heard a lot lately that he is a legitimate NL Cy Young frontrunner at this point just because DeGrom's obviously down. Uh, I guess Scherzer would be competing with him too, but I've just heard lately in a lot of circles that, that Zach Wheeler would be the frontrunner for NL Cy Young right now. You... Yeah, I, know, I know sportsbooks have Walker Bueller as the favorite, mm-hmm. but I, I think that he – I don't know that he'll get the volume – like if the Dodgers kind of slow play him a little bit, maybe in September, I don't know that he'll get the volume that a guy like Wheeler would get. Sure. I'm just curious as to what your long-term outlook is on Zach Wheeler. Do you buy, you know, him being a top five pitcher in the league? Like, would you pay that kind of price, say in a dynasty league, if you were looking to win now or win over the next two to three years? I don't know about top five, but I think I would go top seven. I mean, he looks an awful lot like uh, twenty eight, yeah, twenty eighteen Garrett Cole, and that's a was it two thousand nineteen? I don't remember whichever whichever one was his first year with the Astros. Mm-hmm. He has a very similar profile to that, and we like he's always had swing and miss stuff. It's just he never really put it all together until now. So I, I definitely buy the breakout. Like you could see how it could happen for a couple of years. That's why he's, it's always seemed like he was kind of a, a sleeper. And then finally this year, they're like, well, I think he's just kind of this boring guy. And then he breaks out. Yeah, that is Zach Wheeler, Jake's standout player of the week. Let's jump into our matchup preview, looking ahead to week 18. Like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we have a lot of good matchups this week, so I tried for the life of me to think of two obvious you know, I thought there were pretty two pretty obvious matchups to pick, and I went with the the one that I also thought was really good but wasn't obvious aside from from the two that I was thinking in an effort to pick something different from you, Jake, because I feel like we always have the same pick for best matchup. My matchup that I think will be the best this week is weak pullout hitter versus big money Mike, Sam versus Mike. Um, It's consistent with my biggest takeaway and the standings implications that I've briefly touched on and will be touching on again shortly. shortly. This matchup is my favorite of the week. Big money Mike is coming off of a heartbreaker while Sam is riding somewhat of a hot streak at the right time. I think the upset potential is real with this matchup as 
The state of each offense provides a similar floor, but Mike does have the volume advantage on the pitching side of the ball. I'm not going to spoil my head-to-head pick just yet, but I will share for now that I did pick Sam as an underdog to cover the spread in Jordan's sportsbook this week. So stay tuned to find out if I think he will cover the spread as a money line winner or simply by losing to Mike by less than the spread. Jake, what is your best matchup this week? Well, what was the spread for that game? Let me pull it up while you share your best matchup and I will let you know. All right. So I did pick an obvious one. I picked Courtney versus Nate because that is the, that's the matchup that's going to decide the fate of the, uh, of the West division. And, uh, it's going to have seating implications, playoff implications. And yeah, I mean, there's, it's the two best teams in the West and, uh, the winner of this one will get to face a wild card team instead of looks like big money, Mike. So that is my best matchup. Uh, I I know it's not really that close right now, but I did pick this one beforehand and it obviously Nate's team is definitely good enough to uh, make up that deficit so early in the week. Yeah. Luis Castillo is, is doing his best to, to put me out of my misery earlier in the matchup, but I think the difference is only about 40 points right now. And I want to say, that I still have nine starts to Courtney's five. I think that's about right. I know she picked up some Hernandez guy for the Royals to put as a Sparp in her lineup, and he worked out charmingly yesterday, but he does not get a two-start week because they're going with a six-man rotation with Brady Singer coming back. So, again, Jake said it is not close right now. Could potentially be close as the week goes on. Uh, I just still have a pretty decent volume advantage on her. But yeah, I, that was one of my two obvious picks for best matchup. The other one being you versus Nick, Jake. I think that'll be a really good one as well. Yeah, that was the other one I was considering it. That one just like it didn't have the same stakes that this one had because I, I already have the division locked up. Right. Uh, to answer your question earlier, Mike is favored by 41 and a half points. So pretty, pretty generous. Uh, spread there or Sam to be able to cover. I did pick him to cover that spread. Like I said, you'll you'll find out shortly here if I picked him as you know as a straight money line winner or just to cover the spread. Thing to watch for. My thing to watch for is standings shakeups. As I alluded to earlier, the weg- the West Division regular season standings are in flux with the loss that Big Money Mike took to Courtney this past week by less than two points. Mike had beaten her. He would have all but slammed the door shut on Sam, potentially catching him for third place in the West. But now Sam has a chance to tie Mike in record this week by going 2-0 and handing Mike an 0-2 finish. That would leave Week 19 as the determinant matchup in which Sam would have to finish that week, in particular with a better record since Mike has a gigantic lead in the total points scored tiebreaker. Beyond the third-place race, though, Mike also preserved Courtney's lead over me in the race, for first place in the West, leaving it to me to take the lead. If I want it in my head-to-head matchup with Courtney this week, if she beats me head-to-head, she has first place all but locked up. But if I win, I would then need to finish with the same or better record as Courtney in week 19 to preserve my first place spot. So lots of action is left to happen for us over here in the West division. Jake, what is your thing to watch for this week? Uh, my thing to watch for is I think that this these the best matchups this week, this will be our final four. 
I know that I already put that up. The, put, I already talked about that a little bit, but I do think that these are the top four teams in our league. And I do think that this will be that I'm talking about my team, Nick's team, yours and Courtney's team. And I think that this will be, I think this will be the final four for our league. I like it. Strong prediction for thing to watch for matchup predictions. So coming into this week or coming out of last week, my matchup prediction record on the season is 56 and 22. Jake, your, your matchup prediction record is 50 and 28. So about a six and oh, oh, and six difference away. Not, I mean, if, if we're looking head to head, sure. I have a little bit of a lead on the season though. We're, we're doing pretty well, Jake, you have what, basically boils down to a two and one record i have what basically boils down to i don't know if i have another good week it would get close to a three and one record so we're doing well overall in the season but let's get into the matchups themselves first one is a big one jake's fantasy baseball team versus pine run market i kind of spoiled my pick earlier with the crystal ball segment said that you would fall to nick i'm sticking to that here in the matchup predictions i have pine run market winning this one jake what did you have uh, I'm gonna pick my I'm gonna pick my team for this one. Uh, I got Flaherty coming back, so maybe maybe my vibes will be like uh, be like Jarwin's, and they'll get they'll be positive with Flaherty getting to pitch against the Pirates. Yeah, you would hope so. That's uh, that's big for your team to get Jack Flaherty back. Second matchup is another big one. It is number one contender versus Team C Deemer. Sticking to my guns, sticking to the original pick before the week started, which I had as number one contender. What was your pick? Uh, I also picked you because of my my projected playoff bracket could not exist, I don't think, if I did not pick you in this matchup. Touche. Uh, next one is a weaker matchup, looking like between two non-playoff teams. The Sotolis Shuffle versus Gone Forever, Eddie versus Brendan. I have... Eddie winning this, I don't want to call it meaningless because I guess he's not, I don't think that he's officially eliminated from playoffs yet, but if he doesn't go 4-0 and a whole other, whole bunch of other stuff happen, I think he's virtually eliminated at this point, but I do have Eddie winning this matchup. I actually went the other way and I picked Brendan and I think that's because like, I don't know, Brendan, I think this is the week where he finally ends the streak. He's on an eight-game losing streak. I think that this is where it finally comes to an end. And I think this will actually make it a little bit interesting heading into the last week because Brendan does still have a shot at the playoffs. He does. Have, he, the reason I'm picking him is he does have a ball advantage over Eddie. And I, th- I feel like for part of these, for part of the matchups that he's been losing, uh, Brendan's team has not has not been healthy. And well, when I originally picked this, he was healthy. Right now, he has a couple guys that have some red flags next to them. But the reason I picked Brendan's team was I think that he's finally a lot of like a lot of his better guys are finally in. And if there's going to be a week where he finally gets over the hump, I think it'll be this one. So I guess maybe this is also me wanting to see Brendan snap the losing streak before the, the regular season ends. There you have it. We have different picks for. The matchup between the Sotolist Shuffle and Gone Forever. Next matchup, I don't expect to be a competitive matchup. It is Team Positivity versus Pretty Petite Princesses, Jerwin versus Jordan. I have Team Positivity winning this one. What is your pick, Jake? 
I'm going against you again because there were there was a couple years ago in 2000, I think it was 2019, where, where both Jordan and Jerwin were going to make the playoffs. And uh, there was a matchup that was late in the year. I don't remember when it was like week 17 or week 18, but uh, Jordan beat Jerwin for the first for his first victory over Jerwin. And that broke Jerwin's team for the rest of the year. And uh, I think that's going to happen again. All right. It's a pretty bit, pretty bold uh, upset pick there. Next one was my best matchup of the week. Weak pullout hitter versus big money Mike. Spoiler alert, I did not pick Sam to win this matchup. I have big money Mike winning. But by not too big of a margin, obviously, since I picked Sam to cover the spread. What do you think is going to happen with this one? Uh, I actually picked Sam for this one. I think that he'll, I think he'll keep rolling. And then our last matchup of the week, another one that I do not really expect to be competitive, JC hashtag $50 by 2022 versus Team No Name. That is JC versus Scott. I have JC winning this matchup. And, and I, yeah, I do as well. Okay. So a little bit of disparity this week. I think you picked your team to win while I picked Nick's team to win, right? Yeah. Um, you picked... Brendan to win while I picked Eddie to win. You picked Jordan to win while I picked Jerowin to win. And then you picked Sam to win while I picked Mike to win. So there's a week for you to make up ground on me, Jake. This is the week. You could have a big week here. Yeah, that but, actually worked out nicely too, because I didn't I didn't even change my picks last second. This is what I had going in. Perfect. It's a win-win. Well, I feel confident in these ones. It's a win-win for now. We'll see how your week plays out. Um Let's get into our around the league portion of the podcast. Jake, why don't you hit us with your league history fact of the week? All right. So for our league history facts, so just a little bit of background. I went back and added to our league history document, which I'll send out again at the end of the year, whenever I finish updating it. Uh, I went back and added record versus league medians and added all this league median data to it from years past. And, uh, so the, the best record in a season against the median is Courtney in 2018, where she finished with a 16 and three record against the median. She also won that year. So maybe, maybe looking back, I haven't actually looked at it, but I'm wondering if like maybe record versus median is more telling than actual head to head record as to how a team is perform how a team actually is. I would think so. I would, I would think so too. I'm not. I'm not positive though. Yeah. I haven't looked at it. I would. Wouldn't bet against it. I think that's that's probably the main reason why we introduced it as a as a pretty key feature to our league this year. I, I hope that's how it's functioning. But that's Jake's league history fact of the week. But mm-hmm. now it's time for Jordy the General Sportsbook. Welcome to week 13 of our weekly sportsbook segment. Take it away, Jordan. What is up, everyone? Back another week of Sportsbook here. Getting towards the end of the regular season. I am uh, excited to get into some content. I have some uh, some very interesting stuff. I'm excited to get into it. Um, let's start by looking at Nate and Courtney's matchup. Nate, minus 44, total 555 points. Nate has been favored in five straight matchups. Um, however, he's just 3-2 and two against the spread in these matchups. Um, 
two losses to myself and to Brendan. But it is worth noting that both of those spreads were greater than 75 points. So while uh, Nate is having trouble covering the big spreads here, he's also uh, he's been dominating in kind of these these middle ones here. So I expect uh, a, a continuing surge from Nate to try to reach the uh, top of the top of the division over there in that division. Um, next, I'm looking at Jake uh, minus 10 against Nick total. 545 points. I think this has been a forgotten storyline um, from earlier in the season. Nick being a total beast against the spread as an underdog. Actually, fun fact, he still has not lost as an underdog. It's 10-0 now. Um, can he keep going after Jake had a tough week? I'm really excited about both of these matchups here, both uh, both of the one-two uh, in the standings on each side of the bracket. So I'm excited to see the implications that these two matchups can have. Going to get into the locks here. The haters, uh, not to name names, Jake, uh, thought this segment was dead after two uh, tough weeks in a row. But I am very, very much alive here. I won 5-0 and last week. Um, real, Really the bounce back that I needed here as I did go through a little, tough, a little bit of a tough stretch here. But uh, we're back. And we're going to be back again this week. I'm going to get into them here. First, we have Jerwin, minus 45, um, against me. Jerwin was really bad last week. I think his back is uh, up against the wall now that we're getting into crunch time. And he, really, he doesn't have too big of a lead over uh, over Brendan. Well, I think that Jerwin will still make the playoffs and everything. It's gonna be it's gonna be close still, um, but I think that he's going to deliver um, a, de- de- deliver a big week here and get over the median and beat me pretty badly. Uh, my underdog, I have Sam uh, plus forty two against Big Money Mike. Uh, don't let Sam get hot. He's had two very, very good weeks in a row. I think he led the, led the league last week in points. Um, he's also covered in four of the last five weeks. So Sam is really um, turning it on at the right time here. I expect that to continue against a uh, Big Money Mike team that's really struggling with some injuries to key players right now. So I think that's going to hurt Mike's chances of covering here. Um over, I have Courtney and Nate over 555 points. Uh, matchup of the week, in my opinion. I know that Jake and Nick's also top two in the division um, matchup, but man, these two Titans um, are, are really going to score a ton of points here. I think, although it is the highest uh, total for the, uh, the week, I think that they'll easily hit this. Their week four matchup hit the over uh, very easily. They scored combined almost 700 points. Uh, which really makes 555 look like child's play at this point. So I'm excited to see that matchup. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, under, I, I have Sam's matchup again with Big Money Mike under 508 points. As I hinted at earlier, um, Mike's team is really getting pounded with injuries right now. I think it's going to be tough for him to put up uh, the points that we're used to Mike seeing, which um, pains me to say I'm a supporter of Big Money Mike. Um but I think it's going to be tough for him to really score. He's projected 275. I think with the, the injuries that he has, I think it's going to be really hard. Um, it's going to be really hard, hard for him to reach that. So with that, I'm saying the under here is definitely the move. Um, median, 251 points. Uh, it was kind of close kind of close last week. I think we covered by uh, like 10 points or so. But under 251 here, um, under continues to roll on. We've been dominating. 
every week. Uh, so we're going to continue to dominate with this one. I'm going to come back five and zero. I hope that uh, hope that everyone that I called out here can deliver for me. Um, but we're going to get back at it again next week. I'll see you guys then. Back to uh, back to you guys. That was Jordy the General's weekly sports book. Thank you, Jordan. News and notes. I don't have a ton this week, Jake, but figured I'd talk about a guy that we have, you know, casually discussed in our league chat over the past couple weeks, Cody Bellinger. Now, I wrote this on Sunday, so, you know, don't take this as factual, honest-to-God truth coming into Wednesday or Thursday when this podcast is released. But coming into Sunday, Cody, Cody Bellinger had homered in his last two games and was on a six-game hitting streak. Is he back, Jake? Uh, it's early to tell that he's, if he's back, but this is definitely a good sign. He's kind of showing some signs of life. Okay, Let, let's put it into context among some other first basemen that aren't you know, lighting the world on fire, but have been pretty reliable this year. Rank these five first basemen rest of season. Anthony Rizzo, Joey Votto, Jonathan Scope, Paul Goldschmidt, Cody Bellinger. How would you rank those guys rest of season? Uh, I'd probably go Votto first. Maybe Rizzo. It's either Rizzo or Bellinger second, I think. And then Goldschmidt, Scope. That's interesting. That is not what I expected you or how I expected you to rank them. I thought maybe Rizzo one, Votto two, Scope three, Goldschmidt four, Bellinger five is how I would rank them. But I know that you've been not as harsh on Cody Bellinger as I've been. No, I just don't think he's played enough for we for us to just totally be burying him. Like he's he is still getting like this is guys have had just as bad stretches as he's had as he's in right now. Like he like how many games has he played since he's come off the injured list the second time? Like it can't be that many, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It how can many. only be like. I mean, it it can only be what like thirty games. I mean, even if we say it's if we say it's thirty games, there's there are guys who go through really rough thirty game stretches or even bad thirty game stretches to begin the season, and we always say like with these stars, uh, maybe you always preach patience with them because that's the smart thing to do. But I think with Cody Bellinger too, like right now he's in the midst of just a tough thirty game stretch. You can. He can pull out of it just as easily as he can. I mean, he can pull out of it just as easily as he can't. And I think with a guy of with his upside, uh, his track record, I think you, I think you bet on him being like a close to three points per game player when he's back in the swing of things. I think it's going on close to a hundred games dating back to the beginning of the 2020 season. Now though, that Cody Bellinger has just been. Very bad. He's had injuries during that stretch, obviously. Well, I, thought, I thought last year he almost averaged three points per game. No, he was pretty bad last year. I would have to... Let me look at their stats from from 2020 specifically, but I do not believe that Cody Bellinger... You're right. I, I have it pulled up. I was looking at it now. Yeah, Actually, was, yeah, 20, yeah. He's in pretty, 2020, he was, was 2.9 points per game. Okay, so I stand corrected. I... Be curious to know 
I know that for fantasy, like that's all we care about, right? In a points league is how many points he's scoring every game. But I'd be curious what his triple slash was last year because I've been reading a lot about Cody Bellinger specifically for dynasty purposes. And if you go back to 2019, like if you're only looking at the consolidated 2020 and 2021 numbers, he looks like a below average player if you if you put them all together. And even if you go back to, like, if you're including the, I'll call it an all-star stretch for the second half of 2019 where he won the MVP that year, it still only looks like, a, you know, just an above-average player, nobody that you're getting gung-ho excited about to call elite. It was the first half of 2019 where he looked like a generational-type hitter. And obviously two years before that when he won NL Rookie of the Year in 2017, he's, he's had flashes of being super elite and a generational caliber bat. But pretty much if you take out that rookie campaign in the first half of his MVP year, he only looks like an above average player. And I know that that's a lot of people say, well, you can't just take out half of his career. I kind of like to flip that argument on its head and say, exactly, you can't take out half of his career. Half of his career, he's been elite. Half of his career, he's been a below average player if you consolidate the whole of the bad other half. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Cody Bellinger long-term. I don't like him this year. Obviously, I rank him fifth out of those five first basemen that we just discussed. But I don't know. Like I, I am in two dynasty leagues. I don't know if I feel comfortable trying to buy in on Cody Bellinger. Obviously, it all depends on how low you can get him. Because if you can buy really low, it's a no-brainer, right? But just how, how much are you willing to pay for Cody Bellinger long-term? That's a question that I've wrestled with because i do not like him in 2021 i don't know with when we stack up against those guys like a 2.9 points per game probably ranks first among them and i i don't know i don't really see any reason why once he gets back in the swing of things with his lineup context like if he's just hitting okay the lineup context is going to give him a lot of runs and rbi opportunities i don't see any reason why he can't be up near three points per game yeah if, if he's hitting like the high-performing Cody Bellinger that we have seen stints of in his career? Absolutely, I agree with you. The problem is that he has two weeks to get it going before it really starts to matter and before Courtney has to decide, am I going to include Cody Bellinger in my lineup this week? That's like, that's really what it comes down to, right? Is he has two weeks to get it going, or at that point you're just crossing your fingers and kind of closing your eyes and swinging the bat by dropping Cody Bellinger in your lineup if this six-game hitting streak just proves to be a facade and it's more of the same of what we've seen in 2021 from Cody Bellinger. So it's just, it's tough. Tough uh, decision for her to make for 2021. It's, like I said, tough to rank him long-term. I don't, I don't know. Let's talk about some other guys, uh, a long list of guys really, that have missed time lately because of COVID protocols or because of testing positive for COVID-19. COVID protocols appear to be picking up at a pretty inopportune time of the season since we're just two weeks away from our fantasy playoffs. Here are the relevant, and I use relevant as a pretty loose term here because some of these guys are probably going to say, well, they're not rostered. Why would they be considered relevant? But but names that you would know and recognize. Here are the relevant players who have been placed on the COVID injured list since the start of August, which is 10 days ago. Josh Hader, Chad Cool, Keston Hira, Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, Eric Lauer, Anthony Desclafani, Gary Sanchez, Randy Arozarena, Adrian Hauser, 
and Anthony Rizzo. Jake, do you expect COVID to impact our fantasy playoffs in anything more than a minor way? Yeah, unfortunately, this looks like it's going to be it's going to be somewhat of a somewhat of an impact on our on our playoffs, and that's just unfortunate because it's it's really there's like no warning it could happen at really any time, and suddenly like one of your studs is out for however long. So yeah, it's it stinks, but it's gonna. I think that's gonna be, I think that's gonna be the case. Yeah, and hopefully. I mean, regardless of whether you or me are in, you know, the winning bracket, hopefully it it doesn't affect any of the winning teams. So I don't care if it's my team or your team in particular, but you hope that if it does happen during the time that our fantasy playoffs are running, at least it's happening in, say, the loser's bracket that doesn't mean anything for our fantasy league or at the very worst case scenario Hopefully it happens in like the third place matchup of the semi of the championship round. Cause you hate to see, at least I would hate to see whether I'm involved in the championship or not. Like one team, their ACE just get hit with COVID and he's out for 10 days out of the 14 day matchup. That would suck. Cause yeah, yeah, I completely agree. That would almost guarantee. I, I don't want to say it would guarantee it depends on the context of the matchup. But that would be a huge blow to whichever team is suffering that loss. So you hope that there's not that luck factor or that bad luck factor, I should say, when it comes to the winning bracket of our playoff matchups. But I guess we'll be on the lookout for that. Hopefully we don't have to talk about it again because hopefully MLB, I don't know, whether it be luck or them tightening up their protocols, hopefully it just doesn't happen with the star players that we kind of see on this list. With, you know, specifically Josh Hader, Garrett Cole, Desclafani is a big piece for Courtney's team. Anthony Rizzo, now with the Yankees, is probably a big piece of Mike's offense. You just hate to see some of those guys uh, get kicked to the COVID IL during playoffs. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But that is all we have for you for episode 19 of our fantasy baseball playoff, uh, fantasy baseball podcast here on the Best Player Wins Network. Maybe since we're winding down, Jake, and we're about to get into playoff episodes here in a couple weeks, and my thought, I guess I'll just talk about this openly with you while we're recording here. My thought is that we're probably just going to record one episode per playoff matchup, and I believe that's key to note because I think all of our rounds are two-week playoff matchups, right, Jake? Yeah, that's, that's right. So my thought is that we'll probably record podcasts at the beginning of each round, um, obviously recapping what happened at the end of the previous round, and then we'll do an episode, obviously, to close out the season in which we hope to have the league champion on as a guest. So Jake and I can discuss that, but just kind of be prepared that that's probably what we're going to do. What I was going to share, though, was since we're kind of winding down the regular season here, we would like to get as many of you guys on as we can before we wrap up the season, because I think we would have six episodes at most if we do it the way that I just shared. So if anybody would like to be on the podcast between now and the end of the season, please let me know. I'll probably send out a text to the group because there's obviously limited opportunities to join us for the rest of the season. 
But again, we love involving you guys. We always have a good time when we have a guest host or even one of you guys stepping in for, for us when we're out for the week. We always appreciate that. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. We will be happy to have anybody that's interested on. But for Jake Deemer, I am Nate Endries, and we will see you next week for episode 20. Yeah. E